Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. I'm presenting a verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of John, and this is the 70th program in this series. In this program, I'm at the end of John chapter 12. What was going on was that this was the Passover. Jesus was in Jerusalem to attend his last Passover while he was conducting his ministry here on earth. And the Gentiles were wanting to speak with Jesus. And this was a very important transition when you understand that the ministry that he was conducting was not just for the Jews, but it was also for the Gentiles. But in order for the Gentiles to enter into the covenant with God, Jesus had to bring an end to the Old Covenant and invoke the New Covenant. He brought an end to the Old Covenant by fulfilling the demands of the law. The law demanded obedience or death. The wages of sin is death. We certainly were not obedient, and our life wasn't worth giving. And so Jesus died for our sins, providing forgiveness for the world, and then he provided the world with the Holy Spirit, the spirit of life that could indwell within us and make us spiritually alive. And that is salvation. Salvation is the restoration of the life of God. And you do not need to be a Jew in order to receive forgiveness and to receive the Holy Spirit. It took a while for the early church to recognize that, to discover that a Gentile could be saved without first becoming a Jew. This was Acts chapter 11, that the Jews acknowledged that a Gentile could be saved before first becoming a Jew. And I explained this in the verse-by-verse study that I did on the book of Acts. And so it did take a while before this was understood. But this is what was happening in John chapter 12. And so Jesus responded, and he spoke to the people. And then there was the voice from heaven. And I explained this in the previous programs, that there was the voice from heaven, and Jesus spoke to the people about what they witnessed, and then he had a conversation with them about the Messiah and the fact that the Messiah was expected to be eternal. And I explained in the previous program that this could only be possible if we understand that this is a spiritual reality and not a physical reality because the physical universe, the physical world, and our physical lives are not going to last forever. That would not be eternal. The only realm through which there can be an eternal existence is the spiritual realm. And so I explained this in the previous program. And so through the conversation, Jesus explained a number of things And some of the people believed in him, believed in him a little. They did not believe in him enough in order to publicly testify and take a position that this is their conviction, 
that this is their belief, but it was a start. It was a beginning. And so in John chapter 12, beginning in verse 42, this is John chapter 12, verse 42, it says, Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Now, it's very easy for us to condemn these people and say that there is something seriously wrong with them. They are evil because they may have believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess. They were a little bit more concerned about being put out of the synagogue. I know it can be really easy to say that there was definitely something wrong with these people. But I would urge you, if this is the case, I would urge you to have some patience with these folks, that they may initially believe with a small sense of conviction, but give them some time. At least that is a seed that has been planted, and it may perhaps be growing just a little bit. It could be beginning to grow. Give it some time. I personally would be very comfortable with giving some people some room, some time, some patience, because I myself went through this. When I first believed that Jesus is the Messiah, when I believed that, I didn't tell the people in the synagogue this right away. I was concerned about being cast out of the synagogue. I did. I had this concern. And I kept this belief hidden for a long time before I finally confessed that Jesus is the Messiah. And I did this in a public way in the synagogue. I didn't have a problem doing that at the appropriate time, at the appointed time, after my conviction grew a little bit more and I understood a little bit more. It took some time. And so we have these people even some among the rulers who believed in him, but they were not ready to take a position publicly and even for themselves quite yet. They were not ready to take a position according to this kind of a conviction that, yes, their concern about their friends, about the other Pharisees, about their place in the synagogue, their concern was more important than the truth of our God. It was. Now, it doesn't mean that it would always be this way. It could be that some of them eventually recognized that the truth was more important than their position, their role in the society and their friends and the people who accepted them, that the truth was more important. We don't have that kind of information. We don't know what happened to these people. But I think it's important for us to recognize this, especially for today, because the struggle today is the same as it was back then. And should you encounter some people who may believe in Jesus a little, but they don't want to let you know yet, they don't want to let you know, they don't want to let anybody else know, give them some time. Encourage them to keep moving forward in their faith, even though it's just a little bit at a time. Again, in verse 42, this is John chapter 12, verse 42. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. 
but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Now consider God's point of view for just a moment. Jesus was there, and this is God manifested in the flesh. God is there, but he's not revealing himself to the people in all of his glory. He is there as a man to communicate with them and to relate with them as a man. That's why he was there. And he wanted the people to believe in him and to follow him and to have conviction regarding who God really is because it is true. Not because God manifests his glory in such a way that they are overwhelmed by his presence. Obviously, this is God. How can you have a choice in that kind of a circumstance on the basis of truth? He wants people to have the choice to choose. Are you going to believe because it is the truth or not? Not are you going to believe because obviously his glory is being manifested in an undeniable way. He could do that. But who is he going to get in his life? Who will be his friends? Who will be his children? He wants a people who will be a part of his life because they value what is true. That is what he's after. That is what he wants, and that is why he is revealing himself in this way. And those who were not willing to confess him, at least at this time, those who were not willing to do so, were saying to God, as God is right there, this is what he would hear, this is what he would see. He would hear and he would see from these people that the truth of who he is is not as important as these other people who are their friends. And that's fine. That's fine. God can accept that. If you would rather have the acceptance of some of these people who are around you, then have a personal relationship with your God, if that's what you would prefer, then you go right ahead. You can do that. Because God wants a person who would choose otherwise. That's what he wants. He wants a person who would choose otherwise, who's got the guts, who's got the conviction, who values what is true, who values what is real, who wants to live in absolute reality. That's the person that he wants. And if He's got a bunch of people in front of him who don't want that. They prefer to be a part of the club, the synagogue, the community center, the church, whatever. They they would prefer that than the truth. Then so be it. And if I may use the expression, he could even say, you can go to hell. If that's the way you want to go, that's what you want to believe, that's what you value more, then you go right ahead. He will wait for those few people, few, very few people. 
He will wait for those few people who will want him for who he is and who will want the truth more than anything else. Those are the people that he will wait for. And if there are very few, then there are very few. But it is better to have very few who are real, who are true, than to have many who are only there because they were overwhelmed by his glory. That is not personal. That is not the nature of the personal interactive relationship that our God wants. He doesn't want a relationship with people because they are overwhelmed by his glory. He wants a relationship with people because they want to know him and they want to be a part of his life. And he wants to be a part of their life as well. He wants us to be together. And so again in verse 43, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God or the acceptance of God. That's another way to describe what I believe is intended in this verse. That there would be the acceptance of God, the love of God, the relationship with God. They want a relationship with others more than the relationship that they could have with their God. And they will have to choose because the relationship with others is based on things that are not true, that are not real. And God is just not going to be a part of that. He lives in reality. Continuing into verse 44, Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. That's another way of Jesus stating that the issue is not whether people believe in him. The issue is whether or not they believe in God, the living God, the one. Do they believe in him? And if they would believe in Jesus, they would believe in the living God. Now, because Jesus is God manifested in the flesh and not in the fullness of his glory, they will believe in part of God, a little bit, not the totality, but at least it's a good start. It is a transition to what they will encounter later, to what they will encounter next. When Jesus resurrects from the dead, that's going to be a different transition. That's going to be a different experience. They are going to know Jesus in a different way. And the more a person pursues this direction, the closer and closer they will get to who their God genuinely is. In verse 45, And he who sees me sees him who sent me. They will see the one who sent him. Again, he is himself who is there as a man, as a representative. He's functioning as a representative of someone who has sent him, because he's there to live as a man. But when they see him, they see the Father. When they see him, they see their God. When they hear from him, they hear the truth of God. They are moving in the direction. They are getting closer and closer to the reality of who he is. So when they believe in Jesus, they are going to believe in the one who sent him. When they see Jesus, they will see the one who sent him. And eventually they will recognize that because it's God manifested in the flesh, the one who they have seen all this time 
really is the living God himself, the Heavenly Father, if we were to use that description. Verse 46, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. He tells us another reason why he came, why he's there. What's he doing there? He's there because everyone is in darkness. Everyone is in darkness. And he came, he is there to be a light in the world so that if a person would believe in him, they would not abide in darkness. They would live in the light, live in the truth, live in reality. That is one of the reasons why Jesus came. And so in verse 46, when he said, I have come as a light into the world, and he wants people to see him for who he is. Between verse 45 and verse 46, he is presenting himself. This is God who effectively shows himself and gives plenty of light so that people can see. What he is effectively doing is he is giving people a choice. Again, if he was to present himself with too much of his glory, of his eminence, then it wouldn't be much of a choice. But he has given them just enough, just enough truth that they can see the truth. He has illuminated their presence. He has illuminated their lives. He has come and they are not in darkness. They are being confronted with the reality of their God. And he is right in front of them. And they have chosen, they have made the decision not to believe in him. They have chosen to reject him. Now, again, in verse 42, it says that many believed in him, but I'm going to still say that they have chosen to reject him to an extent because they are not being true to their belief. They are not being true to themselves or to their convictions. And then again, there are many others who don't believe in him at all. So there is plenty of rejection that's going around here. They are rejecting their God who is in their presence just enough to give them the option, to give them the choice so that they can decide for themselves if they want to accept him or reject him. We do not have a God who just decides for you and -and so-and-so and everybody else and just decides, you get to have enough faith to believe in me, but that other person does not. One person will be a vessel for honor, and another person a vessel for dishonor, in the sense of God making these decisions, not allowing people to have their own choice. God absolutely gives people, gives everyone, the freedom to decide, the freedom to choose on their own, because those are the people that he wants. He wants the people 
who will choose to have a relationship with Him, who decide, especially in the face of so many obstacles, so much opposition, so much risk, so many consequences, will you make it through those? Will you step past those? Will you walk out in front of those and say, I, I will believe in my God, the one who manifested in the flesh as Jesus. I will believe in him and the one who he sent, and I will embrace the truth in the midst of all of these obstacles, all of these consequences. This is the reality that I want to live in. This is the light that I want to walk in. And God is just waiting for a person like that. That's the one that he will take. Absolutely. And if he loses a million other people, ten million other people, a hundred, it doesn't matter how many people he loses who reject him. What matters is that one person who will accept him. And if he gets a second, that's even better. And if he gets three or four, if he gets ten, if he gets a hundred, all the better. Absolutely, there is plenty of room in the kingdom of heaven. There is plenty of room there. So much that he can have everyone in his own household and they can have their own room in it. Because he wants people in his life who are in his life because they want to be. They really do. And for the right reasons, for the reasons that he wants them to be in his life. Continuing into verse 47 John chapter 12, verse 47. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. People will be judged according to the truth. And the truth has already been revealed. This could be as simple as these people will physically die. They go up into heaven and God reveals himself as Jesus, the one who they saw before. And all he may have to say is, I told you so. I did. We have nothing to talk about. The truth was already given to you. You rejected it. There's nothing to talk about. It's too late. We have nothing to discuss. The judgment has already been executed. You rejected me. Well, fine. This is where I am, and you will now go to where I will not be, and you will be among those who I will forget. But I have a feeling that while you are there, you will remember me then. So on your way. And that could be it. There's no need for any judgment. The judgment has already been determined by the truth. The judgment of God is an acknowledgement of reality. It is an acknowledgement of this is the way things really are. In verse 49, For I have not spoken... On my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say 
and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. He was there to live as a man. And a man, a true man, is a representative of his God. And we also are representatives of our God. And what he has told us has been given for us to tell others. Again, in verse 50, Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. And so what God has shared with you is, of course, for you. And it is also something that you can share with others. And do not be distracted by the things that he has not shared with you or the things that you do not know. Remain true to those things that he has revealed to you, those things you do know. And I will continue in the next program. Thank you for listening. This is the 70th program in the verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of John. In this program, I was in the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 42 to 50. And in this program, I spoke about the struggle that the people would have when they believed in Jesus because they had to make a choice. They had to make a decision if they were going to let other people know that they believed in Jesus or not. And the risk was high if they told people that they believed that Jesus was the Messiah, then they would be cast out of the synagogue. When a person first believes in Jesus, it's very unlikely that they will have the conviction to live their lives in accordance with the truth instead of the risk of being cast out of the synagogue. But this can change. As a person grows and matures in their faith, their conviction will likely increase, and one day they may be able to take that kind of a position. And I will continue into John chapter 13 in the next program. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 383-53, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net you